This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver, state lawmakers only have one week left to fix all our problems. Are they going to do something about skyrocketing property taxes, the latest toxic emissions from Suncor, or their own trolls on social media? Me and producer Paul Caroli are talking about it all while we wait for Casa Bonita to reopen already. It's May, you guys. Today is Tuesday, May 2nd. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Hey, Bree. Um, are you going to ask me about my favorite team? What What do you think about uh, the Nuggets? How did they do against the Suns? What do I think about the Nuggets? Yeah. First of all, <laughs> I would like to reference our interview from yesterday with Nuggets announcer Kyle Speller. If you have Amazing. not listened to that... Please listen, whether you're a sports fan or not. It's not really about sports. It's about a man with an amazing voice and a person who can get 20,000 people excited about sports. He and I were talking about the Suns and his biggest concern. It was KD, it was Kevin Durant. And I would say yes, in the first quarter he was. And then after that, I don't know. This is Saturday night? Saturday night, the Phoenix Suns left the building. I have never seen Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And what's his name? Aiden. They looked so deflated by like wow. by like the third quarter. It was so much fun. Uh, my friends Karma and Ian came over with their kids. We're like raging Nuggets fans together. We had so much fun, but it was just like it was kind of sad because by the end of the game, the fourth quarter, it was just garbage minutes, you know? It's like mm-hmm. everybody had quit trying. But we we killed it. We crushed it. So nice. However, this is going to air after our next game. And I don't know how they did. So <laughs> keep that in mind, hope, listeners. Hope they win. Fingers hope crossed. They won. You hope know they more won. than we do right now. <laughs> what about what about your favorite team? How are the Abs doing, Paul? Yeah, I don't, yeah. You don't want to talk, talk about, about, it. about it. Okay, fair enough. We'll talk fair about enough. it again next year. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, well, we're gonna we're gonna officially start the show with our first news item, which is something that we have been talking about since this show began, and Denver has been talking about for decades. Um, that is the Suncor oil refinery. Paul, what is? I I know that you regret to inform us that Suncor is at it again. <laughs> yes, Suncor is indeed at it again. Um, they've kind of been at it all year. It's been a weird year for Suncor. They had the closures back in January. A couple of uh, staff members were injured during that big cold snap in late December. But they've had a few like emissions problems, you know, toxic chemicals getting out. There was one back in uh, January, I think. Benzene was a big issue. Anyway, there's been a bunch of new stuff happening, but I, I think the, the best place to start is this video that um, our friend Noelle Phillips of the Denver Post, who uh, who covers Suncor for the Post, Ugh, she put this on- Love um, Noelle. Love her reporting. She's incredible. Love her. Um, but she posted this video over the weekend when she got uh, an alert from Suncor. So I thought we might watch it oh. together. This is a message from your organization. As previously communicated, 
Suncor began planned maintenance on plant two at the Commerce City refinery on April 17th. So Noelle's doing some funny faces. If you wish to learn more about why we do planned maintenance, please go here https colon slash slash www.suncor.com slash nca slash news and story slash our story slash turnaround slash colon tilt the colon text equals percent e2 percent 80 percent 9 cop percent 20 shut percent 20 down percent 20 or percent 20 turnaround comma percent 2c percent 20 percent 20 and percent 20 logistics percent 2c percent 20 suncor i thought that was so funny when i saw that oh my gosh it's funny but it's also like this is like a disaster. It's a little bit scary, too. Yes. Yeah. This is an environmental toxin problem in the middle of a neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, the details of that aspect of this, what they were actually alerting us to with that message. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. Noel, I think, was saying that that alert had something to do with the fact that one of the three plants at the Suncor facility in Commerce City is going to be temporarily shut down because they're doing some like $100 million maintenance project. Um, which they say will eventually reduce air emissions. But, you know, this is how they communicate. We don't know a lot of what's going on with this company. Um, the more serious news from Suncor is that in April, they had two emissions of sulfur dioxide, one on April 12th and one this past weekend. Um, and this seems like a bigger deal than the stuff we've talked about in the past, at least to me. Like sulfur dioxide, according to Colorado Public Radio, says that um, exposure to such air pollutants can cause headaches, difficulty breathing, especially for those with asthma. Oh it can irritate gosh. skin, eyes and throat. Commerce City <sighs> residents were encouraged to, quote, exercise caution when doing activities outdoors and keep their doors and windows closed. <gasps> okay. Is it 1974? This plant like <laughs> probably ran better and cleaner in 1974. For real. I am so, I don't know. This is where I want to know where legislators are. They, someone's got to do something. And again, I don't know, Polis, is this your job? Somebody? This is so dangerous. It's Colorado also. Hi, people move here because it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. What are we doing? Ugh. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean. I don't get it. Scary I mean, situation though. It's terrifying. Ugh, Suncor. Well, we'll keep talking about it as the, the summer develops. I'm sure we'll be talking about air quality again this summer. Hopefully not too much about fires. Um, but let's move on. Uh, Bree, there was a, an interesting issue came up at the legislature, the state legislature, that I think really, really resonated with you as an online person. <laughs> How did you know I was so very online, Paul? No, <laughs> you're correct. Um, there was a bipartisan bill that would... Uh, it's it's just moved out of a committee. So okay. it would allow elected officials to block people and delete their comments on personal social media accounts. Hmm. Um, so many, many politicians have two accounts, like the governor does. Mm -hmm. He has the official governor of Colorado account, and then he has the Jared Polis account. So this bill would, if it passes, would say he, he has the ability to block or delete comments from anyone on his personal account. And but not on his uh, official governor's account, huh. which, uh, OK, seems seems like fine on its face, I guess. Um, I'm a person that, again, is very online. I've experienced harassment in in ways that are indescribably uncomfortable and terrifying. So I feel for politicians in this respect. Um, but it just feels like. <sighs> It's about a broader conversation about social media usage that we have never addressed 
in a real way socially. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Social media was introduced and then it's just been, I, I think uh, Representative Herod was like, it's the wild, wild west. And she is correct. And we have never really attempted to wrangle it in a way to make it safer for anyone. Yeah. Um, and so it felt a little bit self-serving to me that this <laughs> this bipartisan committee that, by the way, was like made up of people that generally very much disagree with each other, sailed through their committee because they were like, yes, hmm. please, because it's serving them. And I struggle I, with this. Yeah, this is such a fascinating one. I mean, the nature of speech online is such a mm -hmm. controversial issue. Like everyone kind of has their own opinion about what speech should look like you are right on track paul that's the aclu's problem with this that makes they are sense. expressing concern about first amendment rights right now and saying okay like isn't it my right to troll the governor on twitter right. <laughs> shouldn't i be able to do that i mean are you trolling him or are you trolling his policies because we're talking about an openly gay politician I hate saying openly gay that's so 90s but he has dealt with that like that's the kind of thing we're talking yes, about absolutely at the same time like online abuse is rampant and i don't think anyone public figure or not, deserves to be harassed. I couldn't agree more. I mean, look at what we're dealing with now online. You know, AI is coming in. We've got people making deep fakes. There was a an AI, my buddy JD keeps telling me about this actually, this <laughs> podcast he likes called Dudesy. But there it's an, all about AI. These comedians making jokes about AI. They had their AI generate a one hour long stand-up comedy special. Oh! <gasps> in the voice of and literally using the voice of Tom Brady Whoa. and like apparently was pretty funny <laughs> like jokes about football and stuff but Tom Brady Tom Brady got you know he got litigious and he sued to take it down but it's like politicians are going to have to deal with that now there's going to be audio recordings of them there's going to be like video recordings like we not only we we fail to uh to regulate social media properly but we are currently failing to see coming the regulatory challenges around this new technology and i just see it going the same way i just see it going the same way right. it's just going to be another giant mess and a lot of harm there's something I want to address here, though, and that is, uh, I, I mean, I think that any person has the right to block anyone on social media. That's their choice. I do question structural power here, right? Hmm. If you've ever been harassed or targeted by a politician or a person with a large following, which I have been, the blocking is never ending. So it's kind of a two-way street to me here. Oh, I see what you mean now. It's just a numbers game. It's not even about their, like, their status in society. It's just about the fact that they have a group of people that will act on their word. On their behalf. On their behalf. Basically. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened to me. And so it, it gives me a little bit of a pause to say, oh, so you get protections, but mm. I don't get protections from your power in this structure that we have online where you have more followers than me and you are a, a, a politician. So you've got a bigger platform. What about when you harass other people? And so I think about also there's some politicians here in Denver who you don't want to get in there. You don't want to be their target because you I yeah. watch some politicians online and think, God, please don't ever interact with me because the minute you do, it's it's terrifying. And I think somebody else brought that up on Twitter saying like the director Anderson had blocked them for no reason. Denver school and board director Anderson. Of course, yeah, yeah. And that was the other struggle was like, okay, are you just going to start blocking people for no reason? And I think that's another place where this bill is confusing is it's just not clear. Those things mm -hmm. are not clear. I, so I'm on the fence about it. Honestly, I'm on the fence too. You kind of turned me around a couple different ways with this. <laughs> 
it's it is a fascinating uh challenge in the end i think i don't i don't know i think maybe i'm more on the free speech side of things but here you know what here's the real answer log off if something's not happening if something's not going well for you online there's always an option to log off and listen to a podcast you have never been doxxed have you no lucky lucky dog well, lawmakers have one week left to figure out what to do about oh, yeah, regulating social media. I, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to be the one that they, they focus on, to be honest. I feel like they got some other big projects here. I agree. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next-generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high-quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh-baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. Um, okay, <laughs> Paul, you and I are homeowners, mm-hmm. and I know that there's been serious discussion about property taxes in Colorado specifically. What is going on? Well, this is one of those issues that I think lawmakers are going to do something about in this last week. And it's, well, there's a whole backstory to why it's come up now, but basically a lot of people like you and me got letters in the mail like this one last week. I'm holding mine. The property value of my house jumped by 48%. That's almost half or double. Almost half, which means that the taxes I'm going to pay on this property are also going up. That's why people are freaking out because everybody's property taxes are going up like crazy. Right. And I feel like this can be a really binary conversation, which it it, it can be reduced to a really binary conversation, which is like, well, if you're lucky enough to own property, this is awesome for you because it means the thing that you own has added value. And uh, it's just not that simple. No, God, no. Is it not that simple? (laughs) Like, ask 100 people what they think about property taxes. You'll get 100 different answers. They should be low. They should be high. You start talking about growth. You start talking about, like, who gets to live where? Who wants to rent? Are rents going to go up? Like, It's so complicated. And I also, it it doesn't take into uh, account what we have to do when our taxes go up like that and what your... Like I'm thinking about uh, Nola Miguel from GES Coalition, which is an organization in Global Area Swansea that works particularly on housing issues and um, has worked to create a community land trust and all of these things around housing affordability as well as housing ownership. Mm -hmm. And she had posted on Facebook the other day, our property tax went up 44%, pretty close like yours. Mm -hmm. We certainly have not done that much in improvements this assessment period. We're just trying to live on our nonprofit incomes in Denver We're not wanting to, quote, cash out. We just want to raise our kids here and live our lives, feeling caught in the market investment games of the very rich. Can't blame her. And I thought that was a good a good point of view. You know, like just because her 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 investment has gone up in value doesn't mean that it benefits her or, you know, in her eyes, her community is really important. Unless she wanted to sell her house. 
which in that case, right, and that's what she was saying, saying. I don't want to. So I, d- I don't want to cash out. I want my kids to grow up where I grew up. And like, I, I get that. But how did we get here? Why is this happening, Paul? Okay, so this is where it gets really interesting. And my opinion on this changed completely because my first reaction was like everyone else's. Wow, 48%. But then remember two years ago, we voted on this. Right. In 2020, November 2020, uh, it, you know, this was uh, six months into the pandemic. You know, the state's finances were in dire shape. We didn't know what kind of recovery was going to happen or would be necessary in terms of like federal money. So what Colorado voters did was repeal something called the Gallagher Amendment, which we did explicitly to allow the government to collect more property taxes on residential real estate. Oh. Of course, property values then skyrocketed during the pandemic. So this next assessment period turned out to lead to this giant increase, which is what's happening now. We're just now seeing the bill. And this vote, like, it was not close. It was 57 to 42 to repeal. It was bipartisan. It was all about increasing government revenue. We were pro-tax in this moment. Did we... Did we do this to ourselves? Is that what you're saying? Well, here in Colorado, we've been doing this to ourselves for a long time. I mean, punching ourselves in the face with taxes and different complicated tax schemes. That's like one of our favorite hobbies. But this one is like the Gallagher Amendment was from uh, 1982 initially. And like the whole point of it for 38 years was that it was originally meant to limit the portion of property tax money that comes from homeowners as opposed to businesses. So it's split off residential and commercial real estate and then created this whole complicated scheme of like if this ratio is this then this ratio can't be that so because property taxes it's so boring it does not matter it does not matter (laughs) all i all we know is that now um those of us that are fortunate enough to be property owners are maybe in a little bit of a pickle in terms of like we got to pay this right yeah we got to pay this and we chose to pay this also remember that Taxes going up. It's not inherently bad. We already voted to approve this. You're going to see a lot of like uh, sensational coverage. People upset about this because that's how people are feeling. Waiting for the Independence Institute to fire one off. Let me tell you, Bree, they got a whole series of videos on this topic. Oh, great. That you do not have to enjoy if you do not want to. Nope. Will not. Um, But the other thing that's important is, you know, Colorado's property taxes are really, really low relative to other states. Like, even though we're seeing these jumps now, relative to like California, Connecticut, we pay sometimes like a third or a quarter of the property taxes these other states do. So what we've done is we've just, we've changed how much taxes we want to pay. We chose to pay a little bit more taxes to get a little bit more services from our government. In this case, it's local services like firefighters, it's schools. That's where this money is going. Sure. Right. I love that. I'm a I'm person for higher taxes if it means our social programs do better, right? Um, but I also think about some folks that are living really on the margins or paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. or um, it's putting them in a bind and that just and then I struggle with that. You know what I mean? I'll be I'll be able to take care of this, but will my neighbor? I don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the short term, this could be really, really hard for some people who are like land rich and cash poor. Yeah. And Polis is aware of this. Um, you know, he's famously libertarian leaning. So I think he was excited for the opportunity to score points by lowering taxes. But that's what he said he's talking about doing is um, easing the impact of this uh, reassessment. I'm quoting from an interview he did with CPR. He says, 
The Gallagher Amendment needs to be replaced with something that prevents property taxes from increasing rapidly. I mean, naturally, if your home value goes up, their taxes are going to go up a bit, but we don't want them to go up, you know, rapidly or 23% or anything like that. Nobody should be priced out of where they live just because their property tax has gone up, especially seniors on a fixed income. Yeah, that's exactly who I'm thinking about. People um, on SSI or disability or... Um, <clears throat> you know, just maybe someone who's had a hard year. We know that layoffs are real and they're happening across industries. What's your take on this? Well, in reading up on this, I noticed something. And I don't know if this is a Colorado thing or just like a people thing, but I think when journalists cover this sort of uh, outrage, it is very easy to bake some of the perspective of the outrage into their coverage. So I noticed you know, most of the focus of an article is about how to fix this and using words like ease the impact, you know, the way polis does or politicians do when all you're really talking about is taxes going up or down. You know, you're adding a lot of your own value judgments to it when you talk about, you know, if taxes being Mm. inherently hard on people or bad because they have to pay them. You know, that's just an anti-tax bias. We're living in a society that requires some communal spending and we choose to support our government to give us services we like. As we were working on this episode yesterday, Governor Polis revealed more details in his plan to address the increase in property taxes. He announced what he calls a 10-year plan to limit future increases in a variety of ways. According to CPR reporter Andy Kenny, Polis's plan will require voter approval in November, so we will definitely be talking about this again soon. Brie, we have one final segment planned for the day because it is May 2nd today. That means we are officially in the month when the South Park guys said that Casa Bonita was going to open, and yet we still have no official opening date. So you and I were privy to some information from a source who had a source Mm -hmm. who said May is a very long month, so... The Cinco de Mayo rumor was obviously not true. No That's chance. This weekend. No chance. There's no chance. There's no way. But <laughs> May, May is very long. I mean, months are long. I think the, the hint that we got was it's going to be close to the end of the month when we're going to see this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We still don't know anything. <laughs> I, I know a little bit. I saw a screenshot um, on Facebook actually this morning that was an email that somebody who was hired at Casa Bonita, got just the other day, um, and it it was telling them when orientation started. Oh. Which it said, new employee orientation begins on May 15th. But two weeks training is pretty normal. Could it end up right at the end of the month? But I think we're going to get the opening date officially announced on Cinco de Mayo. I think it's going to be a Friday mm. kind of mid-morning video with uh, Matt Trey and Dana Rodriguez. Another one of those. Governor Polis. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> Okay. Um, Okay. Something that we have been talking about, and I think that a lot of folks are talking about this when it comes to Casa Bonita, is the effect on this business exploding, you know, being huge, um, the effect of it on the surrounding area. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a post on the Denver subreddit about this. People were just throwing around the idea, what's it going to do to the neighborhood? It's kind of an interesting spot in Lakewood, right on Colfax, but yet there's some mobile home parks a few blocks away. There's the Edgewater Public Market, super fancy food hall, 
Sloan's Lake, the Alamo Draft House. In some ways, it's gentrifying a little bit, but in other ways, it's very much not. Yeah, I was going to say, I yes, all of that is happening for sure. And I've been watching it. Um, real estate listings are always yes. hilarious to me. I love reading them because they're crazy and realtors put the weirdest stuff in them. I'll have to find it and I'll share it in our show notes if I can find it. I took some screenshots because, you know, I cruise Zillow like it's a dating site. <laughs> and I came across this listing a couple of weeks ago for a house in the West Colfax neighborhood. And in the description, it said steps from Casa Bonita. <laughs> Now, Paul, if you were to tell me 20 years ago that Casa Bonita would be a real estate draw to West Colfax, it reminds me of how I feel about if someone told me 20 years ago there would be a axe throwing place on Colfax. Like, the, right. I mean, it's just like it's so crazy to me. But this is reality. Casa Bonita is a draw in a way that we could have not imagined five years ago. It totally, I think, I think it is going to be, I mean, Elon Musk is tweeting about it. Oh, He's Lord. talking about Cosmonita reopening. It's crazy. <sighs> Makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I got to be honest though, steps from Cosmonita, little too close for me. I don't know if I would want to live steps. I think maybe a few <laughs> blocks would be the range I would want to be. You make a good point too, because I have a feeling if we don't know what the reservation system is going to look like, we don't know what opening is going to look like. I have a feeling though, if you live anywhere near an in and out in this state, you know what traffic looks like. I feel like we might have an in and out situation. I would not want to live close to that either. So yeah. who knows? We'll see. That makes me wonder. So we are always on the hunt for tips about Casa Benita. And we rely on you all for your insider information. So if you have some insight information on the opening day, if you maybe are one of those people that was hired and could give us some information, you don't have to reveal yourselves. You don't have to tell us who you are. If you could tell us, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be like Disneyland. Do we get bracelets? How do we get in line? What is it going to look like? Uh, give us a call at the open all hours, 24 hour Casa Bonita <laughs> hot tip hotline. 720-500-5418. Again, any insider knowledge you have, 720-500-5418. Or you can send us an email, denver at citycast.fm. And our illustrious newsletter editor, Peyton Garcia, checks that email every single day. So please let us know. We want to share with everybody else what you know. Okay. Well, thanks, Paul. Thank you, Bree. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the South Park guys about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. I had to say to kids when I was a counselor, I'm like 17. I'm we're like at the mini golf course. I'm like, David, get that uh, golf club out of your cousin's butt, please, and move on. <laughs> <laughs>